you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Movement Church, it's so good to have you with us. Come on, Studio Campus, make some noise. We are so glad that you tuned in wherever you are, whether you're here in this room, some of my favorite people on the planet, whether you're watching on your telephone, on, do we even call it a telephone, on your cell phone, on your iPad, maybe you're watching on your landline with a long cable, maybe you're watching on YouTube with your TV, just jump in the chat, say what's up, throw some hand clap emojis, throw in some, you know, unicorn emojis, we're so glad that you're with us. Let us know where you're watching from. Studio Campus, are you guys ready for a message today? Man, I'm excited as we're about to dive into week two of our series, PTSD, but listen, I know that there are some people in this room, there are some people who are watching online and you are new with us and you're kind of kicking the tires and you're dating us to see if you kind of like this church or not. I wanna let you know a little something that's important, a little portion of our culture, something that actually matters. We, we have a cultural statement, a, a cultural vibe, if you will, that says we surrender daily. And this is a cultural point for our church because it matters and, and that is this. It's the concept of the notion that none of us have ever arrived spiritually. None of us are the spiritual elite. None of us have done everything that we need to know to be more like Jesus, to fall more in love with him. We're all pretty jacked up, and we all struggle with things, and we all struggle with different sin and different insecurities. And that being said, it means that on a daily basis, We've got to choose to surrender our lives again to who Jesus is. That means to come in alignment with the Holy Spirit and what he has for us, what he wants to do in us, and what he wants to do through us. And we talk about this on a regular basis because I've seen for far too long, growing up as a pastor's kid and being in church my entire life, there comes this season for people who follow Jesus where they kind of just, they kind of set learning and growing on the shelf because I've been in this long enough, it's just become normal. And I, I think that's a tragedy. I think that if, if, if God's people could wake up every day and spend some time reading the word and praying a simple prayer of surrender, we'd find our lives are aligned with him far more than we could ever imagine. And a prayer of surrender is simply just like this. God, today, I need you. I'm not strong enough on my own. I don't have it all figured out. There are things that I wanna do that I know I'm not supposed to do, and I need you. Today, I give you my life. And I wanna challenge you, for those of you that call this church home, for those of you that are kicking the tires and trying to figure out what you think, and make that a priority, to surrender daily, because I believe that it leads us to living a life that we were created to live. Can I get an amen? Come on, like you mean it, can I get an amen? Well, week two of our series, PTSD, and, and we, we're talking about the, the past year that we've gone through and, and lived through and the crisis and challenge that we're up against. Now, PTSD, as many of you know, has, is a statement that, or an acronym that, that represents post-traumatic stress disorder. And, and what I'm not suggesting is that the year 2020 
uh, was, had all the symbolences, symbol, symbol, I had a hard time talking last week, I'm having a hard time talking this way. I'm not saying it has everything to do with big T trauma, and I think we need to talk about the disparity between that. Big T trauma is actual or threatened violent death. It's serious injury or accident or sexual violence. Now, I would be willing to bet that some of you may have experienced something like that last year, but, but not everybody. And so what I'm not suggesting is that all of us walk through that type of trauma in 2020. But what I am suggesting is that we did go through some distressful seasons. We did face some challenges. We did face some crisis. And how we respond to that actually matters. There's no doubt about it. There's gonna be residue of the chaos and challenges in our life. But how we respond matters. So this series, PTSD, stands for post-traumatic strength development. It's all about how to win the war in our mind, how to make it through 2020 or the last 12 months, whatever you want to say, and not just survive, but actually thrive. And I believe this is God's heart for us. I believe this is what God wants for us. And our, our theme scripture that we're kind of as using as a launch pad is found in Philippians 3.13. And this is from the author Paul in the New Testament. And he says this, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining for what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. In other words, listen, there's some junk that we've walked through and dealt with over the last 12 months. But how we allow that to keep us tethered to the past will impact our future. And I believe God wants us to launch forward into a greater season, a greater day, a brand new, fresh start. Can I get an amen from some people who are ready for that? Let me pray for us with that golf clap and see if we can dive back into what God wants to do. God, we just thank you that you're here. We're grateful for you. We thank you that our best days are ahead of us. We thank you that you are for us and not against us. God, we thank you that you have created us to be more than conquerors. So God, we look forward to the future with an eager expectation, filled with hope and ready for all the future has to offer. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen and amen. And that just means I agree. Well, listen, I, I've been trying to introduce myself little by little to so many new faces and friends that we're getting to know here in the studio campus, there and the other side of the cameras. And I, you need to know this about me. There are a few things that I love with my whole heart. Uh, Jesus is the top. After that, there's kind of a battle between what I love the most. Food's up there. Anybody out here a foodie? Can I get an amen? Sometimes I like some meals a little bit more than I love my wife, but don't tell her right now. I'm kidding. I, I love Jesus. I love my wife. And then there's a straight competition between my two kids and golf. Can I get an amen from anybody out there who knows what I'm talking about? And I've been working on my golf game for a long time now. And and I'm pretty excited to give you this announcement to share this with you. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I am pretty excited that I've just recently been asked to play uh, in a pro-am tournament in Florida. Pretty stoked about that. And also because of what I do as a pastor, uh, version, the Bible app, wants to sponsor me because it's like Bible, do a little patch on my sleeve here. I don't know what, how it's gonna work out, but I'm pretty stoked. I also wanna share with you that none of that is true. Uh, I've not been asked to play in a tournament. I've not been sponsored by the Bible. Uh, all that has taken place in my mind. 
Uh, in fact, in my mind, I play golf like a pro. The problem is my game doesn't reflect that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In fact, I play exceptionally mediocre. I'm really good at being average. Anybody feel like that in life? So that's a different message. I'm like exceptionally mediocre, and here's the reason why. I actually probably could be a pro golfer. The problem is I've learned a ton of bad habits. So in order to actually get better at golf, before I can learn new great habits, I'd have to unlearn all of the bad ones. And that's exactly how many of us are living the life we're living right now. We've learned too many bad habits that have become bad patterns in our life. And before we can actually win the war in our mind, before we can actually thrive in our future, we've got to unlearn some unhealthy patterns. In other words, we've got to rewire our brain because we've been living this way for quite some time. And if we're gonna develop some strength, can I just encourage you, you wanna rewire your brain. Have you ever gotten to a place or wondered why it just seems like your life, no matter what you do, it just doesn't seem to work like you want it to work? Have you ever been at the place where it just seems so difficult to stop making self-defeating decisions? You ever find yourself at that place where you commit to stop arguing with your spouse and then you keep arguing with your spouse? Or you, you commit, I'm, I worry nonstop and, and I don't want to worry because it's a waste of time and it even makes me sick, but I just continue to worry. Maybe you just keep exaggerating, trying to impress others, even though that's not the kind of person that you want to be. Maybe, maybe you, you freak out at how high your credit card bill is, your consumer debt, and yet you continue to make more and more unnecessary purchases. Maybe you just find yourself scrolling on your phone for hours instead of talking to your spouse or your children who are right there in the same room sitting so close to you. Maybe you decide you're going to lose weight, and you find yourself again grabbing a soda and a candy bar when you're at a gas station. Seems like we want to make some adjustments, but we struggle. And the reason is because we've learned some unhealthy patterns. Rewiring means I gotta unlearn some old ways and learn some new ways. Paul said it like this in Romans 12. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the rewiring of your mind. He, he recognized we were going to struggle with conforming to the unhealthy patterns of the world. So he says, hey, you're gonna have to rewire, renew your mind so that it can be transformed. Look at this. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So how do we do that? How do we rewire our brain? Well, the first step is that we've got to recognize the ruts and dig some trenches. Turn to your neighbor and say, recognize the ruts and dig some trenches. Come on, I love it. Now, I've never been to Alaska, but I have heard that in Alaska there are two seasons, that there's winter and July. That's what I've heard. I have no clue. It could have been a lie, but that's what I've heard. And 
In July, the snow melts and creates extremely muddy roads. And then as cars travel on the roads, it creates ruts. And as they continue to travel, the ruts grow deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you can get stuck in a rut and be in that same rut for miles. In fact, there's a sign that says, choose your rut carefully. You're going to be in it for the next 60 miles. Some of you feel that way right now. You feel like you're stuck in a rut. I feel like there's a country western song that probably matches that one right there. Have you ever wondered why? Why is it that we get there? I mean, if I was to sit down with each of you over coffee and ask, do you want to live the life you were created to live? You would say 100%. If I was to say, do you want to keep making stupid choices? You'd say, no. Do you want to be disciplined and do everything you're supposed to? You'd say, yes. But yet we find ourselves so often stuck in a rut. Why is that? Why is it that we struggle to to live the life we want to live. Well, I think we have to look at how our brain actually works. This whole series is about winning the war in our minds so we can develop strength and operate and live the greatest future possible. Well, listen, I I want to get a little scientific, if if I may. I'm, I'm communicating this not from a position of being a professional, but from doing some research. So please, if I say something wrong, email somebody who cares. But let me explain a couple of things about how our brain works. Every thought, every thought that you or I have produces neuro, a neurochemical and changes in our mind. And our brain literally redesigns itself around that thought. So every thought we have produces a neurochemical in our mind. And then our brain redesigns itself around that thought. Your brain is a command sender that uses neurons to direct parts of the body. Neurons come together and they create messages. Listen, I'm going to explain this. And if the same message is sent multiple times it actually creates a neural pathway. And a neural pathway makes a thought easier to think, becoming easier for your body to send that same message again. Think of a neural pathway as ruts in your brain. Let me try to illustrate it this way. This morning when you woke up and you put on pants You didn't say, okay, left foot, lift up, bend the knee slightly, place into the leg, now push all the way through, and as it gets to the thigh, squeeze and think skinny thoughts. You didn't do that. In fact, you don't even realize that you probably put the same leg in the pants first every time because that is a neural pathway your mind has created from doing it over and over and over again. The same works when you're tying your shoes. You didn't sit down and go, wait, which lace do I pull for? Do I need to loosen it more? No, you just literally sat down. You probably put on the same shoe first every time because you have created neural pathways. Have you ever been driving home from anywhere, work or anything, and all of a sudden you show up in front of your house and you don't know if you ran eight lights, killed three kids. You don't know how you got there. It's because you've developed neural pathways. I hope you didn't kill three kids. These neural pathways are like ruts in our brain. But wait, there's more. Your brain has a reticular activating system. And it's a filtration system for your thoughts, otherwise known as the RAS filter. Every thought that you have, it goes through an RAS filter. And you may or may not know this, but every human has between 6,000 and 6,200 thoughts every day which is about one per 14 seconds, and that's too much for our minds to take, comprehend, and to process. 
So what the RAS filter does is it actually takes all of these thoughts into account and tries to decide which ones will help us stay alive, which thoughts will prevent us from problems, which thoughts bring us pleasure, and then the RAS is activated and those thoughts are allowed to be processed. But wait, there's more. The RAS filter also utilizes our established beliefs to screen incoming info. So this filter also utilizes our established beliefs to screen incoming info. Let me explain. RAS uses what you believe about the world as a filter for every new thought. RAS uses what you believe about God as a filter in every experience at church. RAS uses what you believe about other people as a filter in every interaction. It uses what you believe about yourself as a filter. It's one reason why we always seem to get what we expected. Let me explain it this way. If you think that you're a victim and bad stuff always happens to you, you're actually training your brain to look for evidence that supports what you believe. While simultaneously, listen, if you think you're the victim and bad stuff always happens to you, you're training your mind to look for evidence to support what you believe while simultaneously filtering out evidence contrary to what you believe. This is happening in our mind without even planning it. It's subconscious that's taking place. It's creating neurological pathways or ruts in our mind, and it's impacting how we think. So then what happens is we're conditioning our brain to reinforce what we've always thought, thus creating a victim rut. And this happens in so many areas of our life. It doesn't have to be in a victim rut. It could be a sin issue. It could be an addiction issue. It could be a greed issue. It could be an insecurity issue. It could be a pride issue. And so many of us get stuck in these ruts. And then we make these sweeping resolutions. Like, that's it, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to be kinder. I'm gonna work out more, I'm gonna sin less. We make these sweeping resolutions. Have you ever made a New Year's resolution? Why, because we know we're not supposed to be stuck in this rut, we know there's a better life to live, so we make these sweeping resolutions, and the problem is behavior modification is not a solution. Behavior modification never has been. We have to deal with the root. It'd be like trying to cut down a tree by simply chopping off a branch. Would never work, we gotta cut down the trunk, but then actually get to the root system. Last week, we talked about removing the lie and replacing it with truth. But now it's time to create some new neurological pathways which lead to new behaviors. In other words, we gotta stop living in ruts and start digging some, tr some trenches. Let me explain what I mean. A rut is typically formed in mud and becomes a nuisance, even a danger. And a rut is unintentionally created, has no purpose, and <laughs> requires repair. But a trench is intentionally dug to deliver a necessary resource. A trench has a specific purpose and fixes an existing problem. 
So we want to dig some trenches, which change the way we think. But this will take practice, which actually brings a whole new semblance to the phrase, practice makes perfect, as we're creating new neurological pathways. So how do we do this? We've got to ruminate and renew. Turn to somebody and say, ruminate. Turn to your second choice. Say it a little louder. Say, ruminate. Numerous times in Scripture, almost eight different times, we're told to ruminate on God's Word. In fact, the word that you use in the Scripture is meditate. And when we look at the original meaning, we can pull the word ruminate. And, and that word ruminate is actually in reference to how cows eat their food. Now, as they'd say it in the South, they'd say a cow chewing on its cud. I don't know why I do that so well, but I'm really good at Southern accents. What does that mean? How does a cow ruminate? Well, a cow will chew or grab some grass, chew on it, then swallow it, then regurgitate it, and then chew on it again. And then swallow it, and then regurgitate it, and then chew on it again. This is real. It's why if you've ever seen a cow that didn't reach down to grab some grass, but is just doing that chewing thing. My, sometimes my kids do that. I try to slap them. It doesn't work. But moving on. They're ruminating. They're chewing on the grass. They chew on it. They swallow it. They regurgitate it. And they chew it again. They chew on it. They swallow it. Regurgitate it. Listen, it doesn't get better with every time. Stomach acids are coming up. And this is how God told us to ruminate on God's word. Y'all are like grossed out. Y'all get some food right now? It'd be great. The problem is you and I tend to ruminate on the negative. We tend to ruminate on the problems. We, we nurse it and we rehearse it. We play it like a mixtape as a soundtrack for our life. We chew on it. We swallow it. Regurgitate it. And we rehearse it. You ever found yourself having imaginary conversations with somebody in the shower, telling them everything you think about them? Like you figure out how you're gonna punch them and then run. You're like, where do you get off? Well, you know what? If you weren't such an idiot, and it's just you in the shower, like water all in your face. <laughs> or maybe it was a breakup that you went through and you're rethinking all the things that you did wrong and then you just are constantly ruminating on those things failure that you walk through. We chew on it. We regurgitate it. We swallow it. We do it again. We're creating neural pathways in our mind. And these neural pathways become easier and easier and easier. And then we start seeing life through the lens of what supports our belief about ourselves, And we start to block out anything that doesn't line up with that belief. We stay stuck in that rut. That's why Paul was like, hey, this isn't the way to live. Because he realized that if we're ruminating on the problems, on the negative, on the challenges, what I'm not saying is to dismiss them as if they didn't happen. What I'm saying is stop rehearsing it and allowing it to be regurgitated in your life over and over again. As we talked about last week, Paul said, if you keep renew, room, ruminating on that, keep chewing on that, it becomes a stronghold. And the stronghold presents itself as a fortress that cannot be destroyed. So what does Paul say? He, he tells us some things that we can do to combat this. In Philippians 4, 8, he says, finally, brothers, 
whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He's saying if you're going to ruminate on something, if you're going to nurse and rehearse something, then make it something that's good. Make it something that's lovely. Make it something that's pure. Make it something that's holy. If we're going to think on something, let's think on the things that God would think about. Let's think on the things in the way that God wants us to think. He's saying we got to ruminate on God's word. So if we're going to rewire our brain, we've got to jump out of the ruts and start digging some trenches. God is calling us to meditate or ruminate on his word, which means, listen to me, you're gonna have to do some legwork. And this is where church gets dicey for followers of Jesus. Because you want me, this extremely good looking preacher, to do all the work for you, and I can't. I'm busy doing all the difficult work in my own dang life. It's challenging being married to Megan, guys. Listen, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You got to do some legwork. You can't just jump out of the rut through osmosis. You can't just be like, okay, we're good. You've been spending 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years creating neurological pathways in your brain. It's gonna take some work to change that. It's a well-worn path. Those thoughts are easy. They come naturally. To dig some truth trenches, it's gonna take some work. I want you to write this down. If you're not taking notes, start taking notes. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Say it with me. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess. What does confess mean? Confess means to speak it out loud. Something changes. I mean, it's the same thing you do in the shower when you're arguing with your boss. Hopefully they're not in the shower with you, but you get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) When we confess that truth, we're hearing ourselves say it just like we did in worship today. We're confessing the truth of the lyrics of the song, reminding ourselves of the bigness and the goodness of God. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. So I, I, I pulled some declarations that are based on the truth of God's word that a great pastor put in his book named Craig Rochelle, and I, I just took it and copied and pasted it for you to hear. But listen, I know some of you may not full, be fully aware of the truth of God's word for your life, so if you have our app, and if you don't, you obviously hate me and my children. So download our app. In our app, under messages, I have put 100 scripture declarations just for you. So if you're not sure where to start, you can go and look at everything in there because you're gonna have to do some legwork. What is the rut that you're in? Maybe it's the rut of being a victim. Maybe it's the rut of being entangled by sin. Find a scripture declaration, find a scripture and then write a declaration for your life. Make it personal. Turn to somebody and say, make it personal. So I I put some in here just to, to think through. Perhaps financial problems cause you to fall into a rut. Constantly worried about finances and freaking out about it and stressing and never gonna have enough. Maybe that might be the rut that you fall into. Well, 
Write a declaration based on God's word. Maybe for you it could be money is not and never will be a problem for me. My God is an abundant provider who meets every need because I am blessed. I will always be a blessing. I will lead the way with irrational generosity because I know it's truly more blessed to give than receive. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Maybe stress causes you to fall into the rut of numbing out. Listen, stress always does that and all of us are numbing out with something. It could be alcohol, could be some other substance, could be retail therapy. Can I, can I get an amen from somebody who just needs some deliverance from retail therapy right now? Yeah, thank you right here. If it's Netflix binging, maybe it's social media scrolling, how are you numbing out? Maybe it's overeating. Maybe stress is causing you to numb out or fall into the rut of numbing out. So write a declaration based upon God's word. Maybe this one could work for you. When I'm stressed or in times of distress, I turn to God and not blank. Not Netflix, not more food, not alcohol, not pills, not drugs, not shopping. I come to Jesus because he is what I really need. He is my strength, my fortress, and my refuge. Write it, think it, Confess it until you believe it. If you fall into the rut of being a victim who never wins, write a declaration based on God's word. God is for me, so who can be against me? My God is working all things for my good. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me and gives me strength. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. If you tend to fall into the rut of comparison, Write a declaration for your life based on the word of God. I am not my accomplishments. I am who God says I am. He says I'm blessed, fulfilled, and called to make a difference. My God has given me everything I need for life and godliness. I am content and full of joy because he is enough. Write it. Think it. Confess it until you believe it. If lust is the rut that you fall into over and over, write a declaration based on God's word. Lust is not my master. God has redeemed me and given me pure thoughts. I will not look lustfully because I've made a covenant with my eyes and with my God who strengthens me. God is always faithful. And when I'm tempted, he will always provide a way out. Write it, think it, and confess it until you believe it. Listen, you've been living life in a rut. You know it. It's why you're tuned in. It's why you're still here right now. You don't have to be there. I'm not suggesting it's easy to jump out of the rut. I'm suggesting it's gonna take some work, but that work is far more valuable than being down the road five and 10 and 15 years from now, only to realize you're in the same stinking rut. You don't have to be. You can change that. You can change that. Last week we talked about how you had the same power within you that raised Jesus from the dead. It may not be easy, but this is a war in the battlefield of our mind. We believe in you. And I want that life for you. And you do too. I, I want to pause right here for a moment. Because I, I know that right now some of you might be struggling some of you are watching online, some of you in this room, you, you might be struggling because the step that you need to take before you jump out of the rut is to actually start with Jesus. There is a beginning with him. 
The Bible says his love is unconditional, but there is a beginning, a starting line. And it is not good vibes. When I first moved to California, everybody like, they put out good vibes. Like, do you all you can that? Like, how does that, do you street fighter that thing out? I mean, do you like, I never understood good vibes. <laughs> and the starting point with God is not through good vibes. It's not faith via osmosis. Like, like I just get around good people. Their good juju will rub off on me. It's not church membership. It's not a perfect past. It's just choosing to believe that he is who he says he was. He gave his life up for all of humanity, for you specifically. And it's just choosing to say yes to him. Like we talked about at the beginning of today's message, just choosing to surrender. And there's some of you who are in this room, there's some of you who are watching and you need to begin the journey with Jesus. That's the first step to getting out of the rut. In fact, there's probably a rut, a neurological pathway in your mind that says, I don't know if God could really love me. And it's affecting the worldview. It's affecting how you see God. So unintentionally, you've been removing the one thing that you need to make it in life. So I wanna pray in a moment. I wanna ask those of you that have never prayed this prayer to pray with me in a a quiet whisper or or the quietness of your own heart. And there's some of you who are watching, you, you prayed a prayer like this, but you've been running in a rut in the wrong direction. And it's time to surrender again for the first time in a long time. Before we go any further, I just wanna ask everyone in the room to take a moment and bow your heads and close your eyes. What a holy moment right now to begin this journey with Jesus. If that's you and you're in this room, why don't you make this prayer your own? If you're watching online, why don't you make this prayer your own? It's so simple. Just say, dear God, I know you love me. You've created me for more. I've been living in a rut. I don't want to live this way anymore. I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And now just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, We are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.